Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. So the word of God says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Mm, mm, mm. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise. Somebody say promise. The word says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are even afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward or crooked generation. And they, hmm, then they, gladly, that gladly received his word, were baptized the same day. There was added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Let's pray. Lord, so thankful for your word. So thankful for the book of Acts. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, God, for this empowering word. God, as we seek tonight the witness of the Father, I don't know that any is greater, precious Holy Ghost, than you bearing witness in our own life of our redemption, of our rescue, of our deliverance. And for our purpose. So, Lord, tonight, once again, just simply do what you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before you sit down, you already said it one Sunday, turn to somebody and say, Daddy ain't going to go for that. Daddy ain't going to go for that. I'm not going to pick up through much of last Sunday's message, but talking about the witness of the Father. We, we laid this out, and I, I pretty well was staying in, the, in this one realm about, about baptism, the witness of baptism. But it's not just that. It's also sanctification and glorification that when you look at those three areas in Christ's life where the Father gave witness, saying, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, we've seen that at his baptism, uh, if you would, at the inauguration of ministry. we also seen it at the transfiguration. Uh, and then in John 12, once again, John 12, when the father said, I'm well pleased, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And this is after Jesus has said that can a corn of wheat fall into the ground, unless it dies, it cannot bring forth life. 
And that shows us truly that in our own life, that's how we bring glory to the Father. So how does the Father, how do we get the witness of the Father, a witness of, of that very thing? And I'm going to go through some things. We're going to intertwine uh, what would be natural life tonight and then also with a heavenly thought of our Heavenly Father tonight within that very thing. Uh, Eric, if you could please pull up that slide that I asked you to do. And what is it that's really attacking and what is it that's going on in America today that we look at so many things, it, it could be a lot. And you all have heard me teach on this a lot. You've heard me use the statistics a lot. But if I could speak to any one particular mm, person, it would be to the Father. It would be to men. And when we say what is missing in our home, it's not cable TV. It's not Internet. It's not mayonnaise. <laughs> it may be. If it is, got a problem. It's the Father and the witness of the Father, the witness of the Father. Now, when we talked about this, and, and I'll get back to Scripture here in a moment, but you see, the Father gives identity, and we identif identify with the Father. That was the way that it was at the baptism. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's the reason that we need the witness of the Father in the home. We're going to talk about that in the church tonight, too. People identify. Have you noticed this today, that people identify, they don't identify anymore as male or female. You can be something else. It's not in here. It's not in here. If your child, please take them and show them Genesis 1 through 3. Please take the time with your child. When people identify, and so today people can identify as being this or as that. And so people say, well, what do you want me to call you? I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble if you push me. I wrote this down for me. I'm sorry, sir, I can't call you ma'am. <laughs> Jacob got it. So I'm sorry, sir, I can't call you ma'am. Now, we laugh about that, but do you realize this is what you're living in? Now, when I say living in, this is the culture. And listen, in no condemnation, somebody, if you're watching online tonight, I'm going to use Scripture to, to do this. I'm not condemning whatsoever. God said that he made them male and female. And within the whole mindset that where have we, where did we come up with the, even the thought that we'll let our child get old enough, and when they're old enough, they'll choose whether they're male or female? This is what we're dealing with. And then we wonder, what's going on in America? Listen, this is more than confusion. This is hell raising its ugly head and trying to tear down the very foundation of what the Word of God says. So, <laughs> two reasons that I can't say that very thing. I'm sorry, sir, I can't call you, ma'am. Two reasons. Number one, I'm not going to add to or consent to your confusion. Number two, the main reason is that I'm not going to be a part of your lie. Now, what do you mean? How many of you know that the Word of God says that God cannot lie? You need help. Titus 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after, after godliness and the hope of eternal life, uh, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So the Word of God even says that let God be true and let every man be made a liar. 
So what you're dealing with today and what I'm dealing with today and what we're seeing today in America and all across the globe is Romans 1 coming to light. I don't know if you all know it or not, but Rome did not stand. Now, as Paul was speaking that, in, Romans 1 is a whole other subject, and we'll, we'll get to that maybe another time. But the reason that I can't do that is I'm not going to be part of a lie. So if you intend for me to, let me move on. Can somebody say amen? And as harsh as this sounds and as real as it is today in the time that you're living in, you better be able to back it up by the word. By the way, can we stop? There's something we need to praise God for. Recently in the Supreme Court, recently, uh, within the past five days, five, six days, um, the Supreme Court sided with a group that said we will not place foster children in a same-sex home. Did you all know that? This was a Supreme Court decision. This is really foundational for us as Christians because it's going to give us some ground to stand on in the coming days. Okay? So when we look at all these things, and we can see how things are encroaching and really trying to overrun, so what is it? Then we have to do something. This is one thing that God has shown us just in the past three or four weeks. What we've seen is the children that have gotten baptized, that have been born again, are being raised in a home where mama and daddy believe the Word of God and they stand on it. They don't skip church. They don't miss church. They're here to be the church. It's not a place where they go. It's a place where they grow. And it's not a building. It's a body. Can somebody say amen? Listen, if they can preach it outside of here, why can't we preach it not just in here, but out there? Our God is alive. And guess what? We win in the end. Someone, just, just, what is the crisis? Louisville already topped it. Is it 199 or 100 deaths already, murders? And I forget how many. Somebody said, oh, it's bad in Chicago. Hey, folks, 60 miles up the road, we're getting shot for no reason. And just because you go to an upscale restaurant called J. Alexander's doesn't mean that your car is not going to get sprayed with bullets. Something's wrong. Fatherless homes. Mama can't do it all. And we choose everything else. <laughs> I loved when my mom and my stepfather, my stepfather, boy, he was nearly a dictator in our home. And I look back and I thank God for it. Now, I sure didn't then. But when when church, when mom took, when mom and my stepdad took church off the table as a choice, is when things begin to shift. Well, okay. Hello? Hello? When we said last week that or one of the last messages that we talked about, when you come down between 18 and 29-year-olds, Larry, that when you look at them and you ask that, that person within that age group, why don't you go? They said, well, I just couldn't find God there because God was not being presented. I'm going to tell you this. We intend to present. We intend to raise Jesus up every Sunday, every Wednesday. And if he be lifted up, guess what happens? He'll draw all men unto him. 
You say, Pastor, that's your job. No, it's your job. As soon as you get here on the parking lot, be ready to minister. Be ready to minister. There's a crisis in America. According, you can read it, uh, 18.3 million children, one in four live without a biological step or adoptive father in the home. Without any one of those three. Consequently, there's a father factor in nearly all the social. Y'all have heard me talk about this before. Societal ills facing America. Research shows when a child is raised in a father absent home, he or she is affected in the following ways. Four times greater, you can see all of those. That's what the statistics say. But guess what? I didn't need those statistics. We got the Word of God that tells us. And listen, we're living in a pandemic of its own self today to where if marriage doesn't work, well, it just didn't work out. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. You better fight for your marriage because there's kids at stake. Somebody said, well, I'm on number two or number three. That's fine. Just let it be the last one. We can't unscramble eggs, guys. <laughs> I've said this before. You all remember the chicken, mm, the hen and the rooster are passing by, and they pass by a bowl of scrambled eggs in the, in the chicken yard. They look at that there, and they look over, and the hen looks over to the rooster and said, there's our kids all messed up. We're wondering why, and we're wondering why we're seeing what we're seeing. We need some real men to rise up. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I've probably said it more than once, more than I don't know how many times until I go home to be with God. You know the reason our kids are such a foul mess is because we treat our wives wrong. And wives, you treat your husband wrong. Somebody said, well, I'm living for my kids. I'm staying together for my kids. I'm going to tell you right now. Out of order. It didn't happen like that. It's out of order. A man would leave his mother and his father and he would cleave unto his wife and they would be one flesh. When I hear people tell me, well, the kids didn't want to. Well, the kid, Hello? I hope somebody gets that. I've said it before. It ain't been more than a month or two ago. Kids asked me one time, said, are we going on vacation? I said, me and mama surely going on vacation. Because the best thing you can give your children is time for you and mama. Hello. All right, let me move on. Wednesday night. 1 Timothy 3.15. The Word of God says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how that thou oughtest behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. So when we're talking about the father being out, being absent in the home, this is what really struck me hard Monday, or excuse me, in my prayer time over the weekend preparing for this message. I didn't get to it Sunday. He's absent in the house. God the Father is absent in many churches. I wrote this down. The absence of the father in his own house is like church. It's like the monkeys running the zoo. The prison's running the, the prison. And what happens, you heard me allude a little bit this Sunday, but you can have a party and not have his presence. The very thing is that, that when we come to the place and, and everything is exalted, mainly our flesh, instead of it sacrificing before God, and the place where we're at now in most of our worship, shifting gears with you, talking about the father being his house. 
And when we come, most of our worship is directed to ourselves because I've been this, I've been that. Can I tell you, pure worship is complete adoration to an almighty God. It is the sacrificing of self, not God help me. And for, forgive me, for, for I, I don't want, listen, this is where I'm at with this. Most of our worship is us. Let me bring that down. Most of my worship has been in the past. Lord, help me. Lord, heal me. Lord, this. Lord, that. When is the last time? Potters, you getting it, man. I'm telling you, you getting it. Boy, the past four weeks or so, I, I don't know how long. Y'all getting it, man. But the thing, we're seeing now that if we come in, we say, God, <laughs> I, you all I want today. You're it. You're it. And man, Lord, when that happens, you can just see God say, uh-oh, something changing. Something changing. They just, sound, they just sung it in the name of Jesus 103 times. I think they mean it. Why is that? The church should, we ought to know how to behave in here, but it's the church, it's the house of God, but the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And I wrote this down for me. Church, is it the church of the living God or the church of leaving God out? Because look, I tell you what, let's fix you, let's fix me, and let's forget God. And here's what's going on is so many times you say, Brother Wayne, you always, you know, you always have an altar call. I intend to. Because I never know when somebody, I don't know, I, I don't know when somebody needs to bring it all down and get down and surrender everything they got and not a poor pitiful me thing it's God I am so sick of me I am in the presence of your holiness and I do not want to leave here so full of me anymore I want to live for you and getting to that place so within the same realm of thought what happens to a church with an absent father in God's presence it's a mess it's an absolute mess. But when God is here, what happens? So when we looked at the witness of the Father, we looked at the witness of the Father through baptism. As we were talking about this, the witness of who he is, we can see that. But remember where we left Peter at is the witness of the Holy Ghost. Remember how we changed from Luke chapter 22 to Acts chapter 2? Remember, you're going to fail, Peter, but I prayed for you. And when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. He's already speaking it before. That's Jesus the prophet, Jesus the priest, Jesus the judge, Jesus the fulfillment of all of it. He's prophesying to Peter and telling him this. And Peter goes out, Holy Ghost already working. He weeps bitterly and, listen, lays in a heap somewhere. And then Acts chapter 2. What is it? The witness of the Father is the boldness of the Holy Ghost. And when the boldness of the Holy Ghost is not in the house of God, how can we expect for it to be outside? A true boldness of Him. Somebody says, well, what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? It's being completely immersed in Him. When you take the word baptizo, when you look at that, it means fully immersed. It's not sprinkled. It's not dabbled. It's not a mist. It's being immersed. 
How many times in your life, how many times in my life can I look back and say, I was completely immersed in God's presence. There's a few things that will happen. You'll lose complete track of time. You will not think about anybody else. Your soul, your very, everything about you will line up with him. So the witness of that, we can see that the witness of the Holy Ghost brought boldness to Peter. And Peter being a representation of the church. We don't like this next witness that comes through the witness of the Father. But it's the witness of correction. Turn your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. This is one of those pieces of Scripture that we like to omit if we can. How many of you all ever uh, <laughs> waited for your father to get home to get a whooping? Remember how enjoyable that was? Oh, I can't wait. Dad's coming. I'm going to get me a whooping. Wasn't nothing happy about it. I was a wreck. <laughs> you wait. You wait. What do we have as Christians? And this is something you don't hear about much anymore. We don't hear about this, Nancy. This is the witness. If you're writing it down, this is the witness through correction. The Word of God says, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the, who the Father doesn't chasten? But if you be without chastisement, wherefore or whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had the fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? I don't know about you all, and I heard this lately. Jake, we heard this at the men's conference. By the way, an incredible men's conference. Rick Burgess said this, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it. And, and he said this on Friday night. Rick, you'll re, or Jim, you'll remember it. He said this. He said, when, you, when he was growing up, paraphrasing, he said, when I was growing up, he said, I heard people talk about, now that's a God-fearing man. Now, that's a God-fearing man. How many of y'all ever heard that before? How many of you heard it lately? You don't hear it. I'll tell you what. You know, this is the thing. When I, got, when, I, when, when I come to a place of being born again, and when I come to that place, can I tell you something? I really did fear hell, and I still do in the right way. When I say, can I tell you, aren't y'all thankful? I like what the old preachers used to say. There's a heaven to gain, Eric, and a hell to shun. And man, it's true. It's true. But when you talk about a God-fearing man, people that fear God, if there's no fear of God, then there's no respect. If there's no respect, how can authority be understood? All of these things. I wanted my kids to have just enough fear of me. The kind where... At the same time, love, correct, encourage. And I made a good mess of that several times. Thank God for grace. But where's the fear of God? Stay with me. So how does God chasten us? I'll tell you one thing we've done. Many of you are not going to agree with me tonight, and it's okay. But before I qualify this statement that I'm getting ready to make, or I want to set some qualifiers before I make it. We have forgotten the God of the Old Testament. 
We've forgotten how God would stir up an enemy when a nation went away from them. We have forgotten how that God would snuff people out. We have forgotten that when Korah and, and those that rebelled with him against Moses, how God said, all right, you know what? You all know the story about Aaron Rod that butted through all of that. We forget, Amy, that what he did is this, is he opened up a ground. And it's swallowed up. We forget that God. Can I tell you something? The same God that was in the Old Testament is the same God that is alive and well today. Can somebody say amen? So, am I... We live under dispensation of grace in that sense. For when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law. We understand that. But the thing, the law wasn't what brought fear, but breaking the law did bring fear because of God. It would keep you from, it would lift God's hand of protection. Scripture after scripture would tell us that. I sought for a man among them to stand in the gap, but I found none. What? The very thing. We can see through the, we can see through the book of Job how God lifted his hand. Said, okay. We don't want to see that. No, God's love. God wouldn't do this. God wouldn't do that. God would never send me to hell. I need to bring you to a point of scripture that said, Fear not him which is able to kill the body and not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to kill body and soul and cast them both into hell. That's not Satan. That's not the president. And it's not you or I. It's an almighty God. Where is the fear of God? What about Ananias and Sapphira? Huh? That'll be next Monday morning's breakfast with the bishop. Huh? Well, it wasn't a real big lie. Jake, it was funny how everybody that lined up with where I'm teaching. So where are the people that really fear God, Jane? I don't know about you all, but I still, I fear him. When I say that, let me give it a healthy balance. I respect him. Wow. Wow. Now, to qualify this, to say this, that the God of the Old Testament, we've left that alone. So can God bring sickness? Can God bring disease? Can God do this? Can God kill me? Yes, he can allow it. Because can I tell you something? More important than your physical body is your soul to God and where it will spend eternity. Amen, somebody. We put all of this. He said, lay not up. for your, Jesus said, this, said, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves can break in and steal, but... Rather, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot corrupt. Thieves cannot break in and steal. He said, putting your mind, Scripture says, putting your mind on heavenly things instead of earthly things. And I'm walking through this with you, okay? So as we look at that, we need a healthy fear of God. The fear of the Lord. Hmm. Is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom, not knowledge. The fear, a good, healthy fear of God. So when we talk about witness through correction, God can do that. I was asking Amy, I said, how do you, we were talking about this on the way here. I said, how can you witness? She said, well, I think we have a witness through the fruit of the Spirit, which is right. I think we have a witness through the Holy Ghost, which is right. And then I asked her, I said, Amy, does God ever whoop you? She started laughing. Backing up laughing. She said, yes. How does he do that? 
Larry, you were on to something. I want you to know that it's been stewing in me ever since you said it about three months ago. God will bring you back around to things. It's kind of where I was Sunday. He'll keep bringing things back around and back around and back around and back around. Remember the round pen Sunday? That was a synopsis kindly of where we were. God will keep you running until finally you get wore out and you stop. You say, I'm ready. Sad thing is today, we, we got a church that is still running. They're running after self-praise. They're running after the next, the next preacher, the next praise team, the next praise song. Instead of standing still or being still in the presence of God. So, how does God do that? I'll tell you what, man. The, the thing, uh, Brother Eric, that probably concerns me the most, the, the one way that God chastens me, uh, when I say this, I'm not going to say that God lifts his hand from me, but there are times, you, you don't have to agree with me here, I'm, I'm just a personal experience, that there's been times that, that I feel distant, that I feel distant. Anybody in here ever felt distant within the past six months from God? You know what that is? It's correction. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, Brother Wayne, that's not that. He don't care. He cares. But I will tell you this, the way that he gets my attention is when I say, God, where are you at? And there's been little glimpses that I've had. He's not left me. I'm not saying I'm missing heaven. But, Miss Brenda, there's been times I said, God, and I'll tell you what, boy. God, show me. Show me. And he will. He'll show me. He'll show me. Oh, that's right. I thought it was Amy and wouldn't me, Lord. No. It's never that. It's me. See, we forget he's holy. We forget that no flesh will glory in his presence. We forget that, and we cry for his presence, and we don't want to leave. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, guys. This is the truth of the matter. And this, this message will be coming. I've got all kinds of messages coming. Y'all got to get sick of hearing that. There's a lot of stuff brewing, man. The thing is, is I will tell you what. Isaac cannot grow until he is weaned, and he cannot. Mm, mm, mm. Isaac cannot have control of the house until Ishmael hits the road. That is the difference between your flesh and your spirit, and it will preach. You all have already heard it before. But it is true. What's happening is this, is that you are trying to raise Ishmael and Isaac in the same house. It did not work for Abraham, and it will not work for you, and it will not work in God's house. The witness of correction. So when you feel those times that you're away, uh, how many of y'all really struggle with that piece of Scripture says, count it all joy? And, you know, so here I am. So, and you know, it's usually the first scripture the Holy Ghost bring to me, too. I'm like, a Holy Ghost. You're going through it, and he'd be like, count it all joy. Holy Ghost sometimes, count it all joy. When you fall in, God, I know you're doing something. This is coming up Sunday. Be preaching on seasons, Lord willing. Just as important as the seed and the soil is the season. You don't want it, but that's where it's at. We'll talk about it, I think, Sunday. Jesus may come up before then.
So listen, witness through correction, write that down. How does he bear witness to you? Amen. If you've ever been to that point and I want to feel the touch of God, I'm willing to take a whooping as long as, listen, put your hands on me, but just don't take your hand off of me. Give me the spanking. I just want to know you're here. See, God does not, when he does that, when he corrects you, it's not condemning. It's not that. Remember, it is always for your growth, always for your discipline and your correction. It's not for him. It is for you. Now, speaking of the church, we went from fathers in the home, and now we're talking about fathers. We're talking about having the Father, the Heavenly Father in the church. Write this down, please. Just remember a church where anything goes. I have that in quotation. Just remember a church where anything goes began with let anything come. You, you've heard this before, and you said, well, you know what? Just anything goes. And that's what's happened so sadly in many of our churches today. Just anything goes. So we'll wear what we want. We'll do what we want. And here he goes. Are you going to preach a clothesline? Yes, cover yourself. How long has it been since you heard that? I'm telling you now. Tell somebody else. Be kind. Cover yourself. When you look at that, I'm talking about where anything goes. Just remember this, at any step of elevation, wherever this is, a wise preacher told me years ago, he said, wherever you are, the congregation will be at least four to five steps below you. You all are in trouble. (laughs) Just kidding. When he said that, I thought about that very thing, and I thought about, my goodness, we put anything up here. Just remember... A church where anything goes. Potter's Hope, I'm talking to us. Well, I don't understand why this can't happen and that can't happen. Because it ain't right. It's because it's not right. And then you let anything come. When we can understand that God is a God of pattern, of order, and authority. You want authority, we want authority, but we don't want pattern and we don't want order. Can I tell you, you miss any one of the three, you've missed it all. Because people that have authority can get out of order real quick. And people who have that order and that authority, but they don't have a good godly pattern before them, are an absolute train wreck. And they'll abuse it. I heard this several years ago, and, and this, and you all have heard this from me a lot. Listen, it's not who you are above the ground. It's, it's not how tall you are. It's how deep you are. That's common. You've heard that before. But the real part of that is, I heard a man say years ago, he looked outside at a huge antenna. I said this not long ago. Huge antenna, and out of each, uh, the huge antenna, big radio antenna, and there were huge cables coming to the ground in every direction. He said the Holy Spirit reminded him, he said, this tower would not stand if it were not anchored. He said, put people in your life that are truth and people that will anchor you to the ground. Because let me tell you this, if you are not anchored to the ground, (laughs) your head will fill up and you will float away. Now, When you talk about that, the witness of the Father and the witness of correction, 
I'll guarantee you that, go ahead, now you can turn to somebody and say, Daddy ain't going to go for that. He ain't going to go for that. How many of y'all knew what would work for your mom and dad and what wouldn't? When you say that, I guarantee you, Jake's already laughing because I'll guarantee you, he could be saying this. He could be saying, Dad ain't going to go for that. That's the witness. This is so important, Alicia, and this is authority and understanding authority that even when the father and or the mother, whoever that authority is, is not in the house. How many of y'all used to cut shines when mom and daddy was gone, flipping off the couch and doing all kind of crazy things? Why did you get in line when if you was like me, you heard gravel kicking coming up the road when it was mama's Corvair coming up through there? Because you know authority was getting ready to roll in, and you got right. The thing is that when you, when, 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 even when the father is not in the house, we can still say, Daddy ain't going to go for that. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the witness. More than a residue of what is left. Jake, will you come? More than a residue of what is left. The Holy Spirit is the presence of that one. Here's what America is doing right now. We're leaving that. If we're not careful, there's a reason why we call them the founding fathers, the faithful fathers. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why God the Father needs to be in the house. There's been some real uncomfortable times as, as we pastor, and I say that a lot of uncomfortable times. And those times when you have to say to someone, uh, do you have a minute? Somebody's got that. And with the spirit of love and correction, try to nurture them. It's not easy. I'll just say this. It's not easy sometimes maybe when you see someone come in. And, and maybe, and I can remember this on different occasions, and someone come in, and, and maybe if, if, it's, if it's, and you're going to think this is wrong, but if it's all you have to wear, can I tell you, we've got a shirt for you to wear. That will cover you. Somebody says, well, what are you talking about? It's very uncomfortable to say to someone, hey, you know what? I, I've, I've got a shirt. I, I don't know if this, but I've got a shirt that will cover. I, I don't. If you're not going to, who is? And you got to do it right. So when I say that, we're talking about the witness and correction and the love of the Father in such a way that can help even in some of the simplest instances. Ladies, the Word of God says that you older women, which that's none of you all in here. We'll talk about somebody else. It's none of you all. It's none of you all. None of you all. But you know what it says? It said you should nurture. You should help those younger women. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm talking about them being spiritually dressed as much as anything, but helping them in any regard to that. In closing. I'll tag it with this, the witness of the Father. We can talk about sanctification. That's a whole other message. We can talk about glory real quick. I ask you, you all have heard these topics probably three months ago or longer. Sanctification is the walk. Glorification is being dead to self. Unless that corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies. The Father saying, this is my son. Where does God get the glory? 
in our lives. Is the witness of the Father in our life. I find in my own life that uh, it can really be a struggle at times. A real struggle. If I could tell you, it's probably, Billy, probably with me, it's probably pride. It's probably pride, and it, it, I would say for most, it's probably that very thing that at some point it's pride oozing out in some different direction in your life. What is pride? What is pride? Years ago, we had a horse, and that horse cut its, itself right above its hock. It cut it pretty bad. We were putting medicine on it, different things, and looked like it was going to heal up just fine, and we got it healed, but then it just kept growing. Right there where it was cut, it just kept growing. And I thought, what is this? Like a knot. They call that proud flesh. What happens in our life? Many times when you and I are cut, many times when you and I suffer an injury, and we talk about spiritual, something such as that, what will happen is the pride will come out. And it will rise out in the flesh. I've got some simple questions, you know, that I ask the Lord. I'm like, Jesus, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? He never once took credit. He never once said, yeah, I already knew that. You know, when he fed 5,000 and then plus, he never said, that's pretty cool, wasn't it? I knew that kid was coming. He didn't say that. Why? He didn't do any of it for his own glory. He did it all for the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, probably a step for us, for most of us tonight, is, is yielding. I, there's been a few times, man, that I've seen God just manifest himself in wonderful, uh, several times, in wonderful ways that I could not explain. Anytime that I've been around that or been a small part of that, I can tell you this. It has been when there has been the absence of self. The absence of self. You all heard me, you hear me a lot of times refer back to the Brownsville revival and they call it the outpouring or they whatever that they call it. And, and how was that that God used that? For over a decade, right, Larry? I forget how many years he used that. Multiple saved. People just changed. It was all about God. Tonight as I close, I can't say yet that it's all about him. I'm getting there. That's the reason I had this witness of the Father, this baptism thing. And and doing that. But sanctification, I'm, I think I'm in that route. I, I think I'm in that lane right there. But to give God the glory is critical. It's critical. Hmm. Tonight as we close, I want you to survey your heart. I want you to survey your heart. We come here Sunday morning. Is it all about God? Is it all about me? Well, what's it about? I want it to be about him. We yield to that lookout. If Jesus is lifted up, man, people will. Just like I said, people will be drawn unto him. People will be born again. Whew. 
It's got to be him. How's it happen? So Peter, having heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. He goes on, for the remission of your sins. And he tells them the power of the Holy Spirit. So if Peter kept falling before, or falling before, what is the key? It's Holy Ghost. As simple as that sounds, it's simply walking in the Spirit of God. And that's choice. There's an infilling with it, but the thing is, you've got to, once the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it does not mean that He will remove the choice. God, I don't think God ever removes the choice because He wants us to know free will, love will with Him all the time. I believe it. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And God, tonight, as we just simply survey the witness of the Father, we can tell that in this land, Lord, that we truly need to to put the Father back in the home, but not just any Father, godly fathers that believe the Word, that trust the Word, that stand on the Word, that pray the Word. And God, in your house, in your house, God, and it's here. You said if judgment must begin, let it begin at the house of God. Precious Holy Spirit, navigate us. God, don't take your hand off of us. And for that one, maybe tonight, God, that's away. Draw them close. Draw them close. Draw them close. Draw them close. God, someone in the house right now standing in the gap for somebody very dear to them. You're wore out. You're tired. You're beat down. You feel like you've been knocked down. You're thinking, I don't know how much longer I can do this. God is saying, right now, cast all your care upon me. I care for you. Right now. Right now. Right now. So, Lord, tonight we just pray that you just even, even God, just, just fortify even the foundations that are here. As God, as we spend these next few moments in prayer with you, Precious Holy Spirit, reveal to us just the witness, the witness. Areas God in our life, maybe that we need to bring before you and surrender right now and just truly see how free we can be in you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and, and you know what, you say, you know what, I have I have sickness in my body and I want God to take that right now. Would you slip your hand up, please? God, right now you see those hands that are lifted. So, Lord, through your word, you said, I am the God that healeth your disease. Guys, be encouraged. He said, I sent my word. Lord, we know. Lord Jesus, we know you are the word. God, your word said that it would not return void, that it would accomplish that which it was sent to do, not only to save, but to heal, to deliver. So, God, even now, bring life to a kidney. Right now. In the name of Jesus, just a free mind in you, Lord. 
And God, tonight, your word says, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. God's tugging on some of you to come closer. You know what's between you and him. Sure, you're born again, but are you free? God, right now, we surrender that to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King. Thank you.